Welcome back to the On The Way podcast. Today's practice is hospitality. Hospitality isn't an act just reserved for holidays, special occasions, or business interactions. As we'll hear it described in just a minute, hospitality is a state of the heart. We're talking with Caleb and Corey. In 2017, they began work in China among Buddhist people groups. And then COVID happened. After losing Caleb's father to COVID and losing their connection to China, they faced difficult days wondering what was next. But God has opened doors for a new life in Nepal. After almost a year in Nepal, they share some insight into what it means for their family to both show and receive hospitality as they live life with others. Let's talk about how we show hospitality on the way. Well, welcome, Caleb and Corey. Thanks guys for being here today. Of course. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. Absolutely. <laughs> Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourselves and what you do here? Yeah. So Corey and I, we've been married for almost 12 years now. We have two sons, Roman and Armor. They're seven and five years old. And uh, we uh, met before we knew Jesus. We were both uh, addicted to drugs, drinking, scored ordered to Alcoholics Anonymous, and God radically changed our lives. And uh, shortly after that, we began serving in youth ministry. But then we felt God calling us to uh, serve overseas. So in 2017, we uh, began the journey of moving to China. Uh, and yeah, so then we moved to China. We were working there with uh, uh, animistic Buddhist people groups. And uh, man, we thought we would be there forever. But uh, then COVID happened. And so, yeah, we went back to the United States for a little bit. And that was a very tough time. Um, actually I lost my father to COVID, so uh, a year ago, just over a year ago, he was only 57 years old. And just during that time, we were just kind of asking God, you know, like, what are we doing? Uh, we, we want to be in China. Mm -hmm. We love this place. We love these people. And, uh, we just felt like that that wasn't happening. And so we just, we just felt like God was leading us to, uh, move somewhere else. So we decided to come to Nepal and see what God had for us here. So today's practice is hospitality. Um, I'm really curious, can you just describe for us, what does hospitality look like in Nepali culture? Yeah, so hospitality is very much, uh, for one, like as a country, uh, foreigners are looked at as their guests, so they really want to treat us really well. Mm -hmm. So whether that's coming to their home and serving food, inviting you along for uh, a tea, so anytime you get together with somebody, they'll offer you tea. So they're very hospitable in their own way to guests and uh, outsiders. But then at the same time, their families are very tight-knit communities, depending on, you know, which place you're from, what city you're from. They kind of look at it as a uh, the family unit and then as a collective society, much larger than that. Like, this is our city and this is our people. And we really, like, identify with that. So you can see that there's uh, a not so much an I mentality, but a we mentality uh, with the people. So what does hospitality look like for you guys as you're living here and building relationships? How does that, what does that look like? One thing that uh, our pastor had said to us a long time ago uh, when we were serving as youth pastors was, uh, you know, your best discipleship tool is your couch inside your house. And basically what he meant by that was have people over to your house and let them see how you live. Don't be fake, be real but like live life alongside other people, invite them over for meals, play games together, watch movies together, just live life. It doesn't have to be you come over and we're gonna do this study together, but come over and let's just talk about life's troubles, hopes, fears, problems, 
here's what I'm struggling with. Tell me what you're struggling with, like really building relationships inside the home. For us, like an easy win is just making relationships. So we go to the same restaurants, same shops, same places. And once we kind of have that first um, level of friendship, we then invite people over. A lot of times people will say, yeah, we'd love to come over and they don't. And then other times people come and they can make it. I think one of the challenging parts is here in Nepal, people work six and sometimes seven days a week. And so wow. their only day off, they're at home cleaning their own house, washing their clothes and doing any type of errands or work that they have to do. And so getting Nepali into your home on their day off has been a little bit tricky. And so we've just tried to be as organic as possible. And when we invite people over, it's as simple as having dinner together. And hey, we're going to play Uno together and laugh and make TikTok videos. Because like Fun. Nepali culture, they love it. They absolutely love it. And so um, just being real with people, honestly, and, and just inviting them to our homes, knowing that they're noticed, that their life is worth something, they have value um, and, uh, just, just really loving on them and treating them as someone who would be in our family. Right. Was it challenging, uh, for you when you came here from China and, you know, you got that background from China, your background from the U S was it challenging to have to relearn again? Absolutely. Um, I think it was probably one of the hardest things because then not only do we have to learn, you know, different cultural cues like you had just mentioned, right. but we had to learn a new language. Mm -hmm. And so um, we had it. I know it seems like a little dramatic, but we really love China. Like we thought our lives were going to be in China forever. It was exciting, of course. We were excited to learn and to grow and um, come here, but it was really difficult. It was not an easy choice, and it was not like what we wanted, I guess, in our flesh is what I'm trying to get at. That was like extremely difficult. So, right, like, you know, everybody has something in their life that they've experienced, traumatic experiences. And for, so for us, that was a hard time. So our one friend comes from a village about 15 hours bus ride away, and her sister was visiting. And so she just happened to come and I had just learned my story in Nepali. I graduated from class that day and I just, I'm like, can I share my story with you in Nepali? Because I just learned it today. And she was bawling at the table. The sister was as she's listening to my story, just about my dad passing away. And I know like she's coming from a village where again, they don't probably have running water, uh, cutting wood for a living for, to, to sell at the market, cutting firewood, wow. like just super poor. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of like, man, she's crying, hearing my story, knowing that she's coming from a really hard situation and just knowing like, man, we, we can offer each other just that hope and friendship and relationship that we were created for. Right. Yeah. And so like yeah. getting to have that in our home and her be so happy experiencing that and us being happy and sad, right. Like all the emotions and <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so, something so beautiful about authenticity, right? Mm. Like it'd be one thing to have somebody in your home and have it and not really be there yeah, in your spirit, but to be real and open and vulnerable, that's, that's kingdom. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I think hospitality is a state of the heart, right? Mm. Not necessarily where your body is. So it can be in the home, but talk to me about what hospitality looks like outside of your house. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good question that I don't know if we have like an adequate answer. I mean, I go play I try to go play ping pong every other day up at the local choke, uh, the little vegetable market. And so there's just an outdoor table, but I go and spend time with those people. So I don't know if that would be so much more like hospitality or relational. But um, so we go to uh, a village about two hours away from here 
and it's our probably our closest friends. We go there and um, I would say, yeah, so that's outside the house and it's hard, difficult because so what's different is um, normally the mother uh, will cook for the whole family and not eat with us. And so that's really difficult like to because <laughs> I'm like, no, you need to eat with us, but she, they won't. And so it's kind of like we're learning those hospital uh, like that their rules for hospitality. Yeah, I guess that would be maybe not showing hospitality, but learning hospitality mm-hmm. outside of the home. Yeah. And just like simple from day to day showing hospitality. I think, like you said, it's like a demeanor almost of your heart. Something as simple as when people are staring at you or like taking your photo because you might be like the first foreigner they've seen or they're just amazed that you're here. Just like simply smiling and saying namaste, you know, and like, how are you today? Sometimes they don't even respond. But I think there's something so powerful about even just smiling at someone. I know it sounds like kind of corny, but a smile can go such a long way for people who don't see people who smile often or get hugs often or are encouraged, you know, that type of thing. If you could share a thought for listeners back in the U.S., um, what would be your wisdom on if they have a neighbor or a colleague or a friend who's from another part of the world, maybe from a Buddhist or Hindu background, um, what are some ways that they can show hospitality, even without knowing all of the cultural cues? What are some of those first steps that that they could take? I think the first step would just be to learn their name, honestly, to learn their name, maybe find out, um, you know, what do they like to do? Do they like to go to the park down the street? Do they like to eat Honey Nut Cheerios, like just something so basic and learning something about someone can be so powerful. And if you feel comfortable, and I know there's times where it's like, especially in our own homes, we don't want to just have our doors open all the time because we do have to have time to focus on our spouse or our children, you know, and make it a place that is a a safe place for your family. But to have the mindset of just having an open door and inviting them into your home, even if it's for tea. It doesn't have to be this like elaborate meal and you have to have dessert and get the napkins that fancy like China were out. It doesn't have to be anything like that. Just something so simple and so basic can mean so much to someone, especially if they're a foreigner over, you know, overseas. A lot of times they don't have family there. They are feeling maybe alone or they don't have a ton of friends. And it would, I think it would be so powerful, something so simple. Yeah. And especially if it's a neighbor, you're talking listeners that are probably in the U.S., maybe, you know, um, if their neighbor is somebody, then they're, they know what it's like to be in another culture where they're afraid to miss the cultural miscues, where we're like the right. first time we go over to a Nepali friend's house or, you know, in China. And I was like, oh, don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. You know, thinking about those things. So no one like invite them over and to say, hey, you know, in our culture, this is something that we do. And then ask them a question about their culture. We heard Caleb say the best discipleship tool is your couch. How does it feel to reframe that for yourself? You'll find more questions to explore in the 21 day journal. Tomorrow we'll talk about an important topic for building relationships with others, sensitivity to their culture and context. Thanks for joining us on the way to discover more opportunities and to sign up for the 21 day journey, visit agwm.org slash on the way.